Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer, Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the Digital Workspace inner workings. So welcome, Alex, to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. Um, you might, wouldn't mind just giving everyone an introduction to who you are and, and who you work for. Great. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Uh, name is Alex Russell. I work for uh, the EOH group of companies in a uh, division called IOCO. And uh, I work within a line of business of uh, IOCO called Compute and Platform. And I am what one would say uh, a digital workspace um, subject matter expert. <laughs> well, since you're an expert, can you give us an idea, uh, your definition of the digital workspace? Remember, that's just a title, hey? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, would, I would say the you know, best way to describe a digital workspace is a workspace which keeps you engaged, okay. keeps you proactive, yeah. and removes the friction that we traditionally experience from non-digital workspace environments. Yeah, no, that, that friction is, is a big thing often. Uh, with, with COVID-19 and, and how things have affected South Africa, what have you seen changing in, in that regard? Yeah, I saw a, a report or a statement the other day um, and they reckon that it's kind of accelerated the adoption of remote working by 10 years and I was kind of brought it forward by 10 years you know, in terms of it being a standard practice in, in any business. I think historically it was always been a, an, an alternative an alternative to not being in the office. Yeah. Um, the alternative to having to get something done and I really just don't want to get into the office. Where now it's kind of a absolutely a way of life. Yeah. I mean, what have you seen from your customer's point of view? I mean, are they now prioritizing it? I mean, they've had to prioritize because it was, you know, reaction and, and, and affecting the lockdown, but are they actually doing it almost the right way now and going back to make sure it works properly or is it still fighting fires? So, you know, we see, uh, I see three phases to this, um, this sort of remote working becoming systemic in, in an organization, you know, kind of everyone thrown into this whole crisis mode of, oh my word, uh, you know, from one week to the next, it's literally a lockdown. Um, you know, you're going to have to go and look at your business continuity planning and hopefully it stood up, you know, yeah. and it really, everything was like, Oh my word, everyone needs to move out of the office. And what they found is just, you know, the, the remote, the business continuity planning just didn't stand up. You know, now we're kind of into this phase of, of it being okay. It's, 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 it is a norm. It's part of what we do. And we're looking, you know, organizations are really looking to um, um, 
drive more efficiencies out of what they experience in crisis mode and changing a lot of things. So potentially looking at increasing uh, their remote working uh, tool sets and uh, looking at additional tool sets. And, and I think organizations are going to move into something which is they, they're absolutely need to make remote working as um, productive as they traditionally felt mm. they provide in a brick and mortar building. Yeah, and for that to organize, we're seeing customers really starting to look at uh, accelerating a lot of their cloud services. Yeah, because they know that this is going to need to be around as part of a, a the the way that they're going to do business. Yeah. and then we're seeing customers saying, "Gee, I'm not getting great value out of that tool set. It's not going to scale for what I want to do. I need to look at other tool sets." So there's a lot of tire kicking going on. Uh, they're evaluating technology, looking at new ways of doing things. And uh, I think those organizations that were f- more digitally fluid in, in what they were uh, able to do prior to COVID um, have narrowed the gap. Those who haven't are finding the gap a hell of a lot uh, um, bigger to, to close. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting piece. I mean, the, the, that tool enablement or, or the lack of scalability, I think there's a lot of business processes that don't work because mm. you're no longer in an office. You, you mentioned some behavioral changes. Do you want to talk through some of those those changes that you've made? Yeah, I think um, personally, uh, uh, personal behavioral changes, uh, I think the, the need to be a lot more disciplined in the allocation of your time. Yeah and what you're doing in that time. So it's all good to, uh, I, I love Microsoft 365 um, uh, analytics and the, the setting up of focus time I mean, is brilliant. You know, it really understands my, my pattern and, and it gives you great insights. So, so for me, the insights that, that 365 was really giving me to say, geez, you're replying a little too quickly to emails. Yeah. You're, you're not effectively uh, you know, setting your week up in advance. You kind of, it's, it's too close to the start of the week that it's kind of getting done. So are you prioritizing? And that's probably been like the last six months. And I'll tell you, you know, just being a lot more selfish with my time. Yeah. Because people will consume your time. And they'll consume it for, for their benefit, probably very necessary but there are priorities and there aren't priorities. And I think that's the, the most important thing um, you, 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 for personal um, uh, fulfillment, you know, you need to do. But then again, you need to make yourself available. Yeah. You, know, you need to make yourself because people do need you. People do need you to, to square things away. To So you got to be on top of things. So, you know, I'd, I'd definitely say I've become a lot more prudent with the, the utilization of my time and the allocation of that time itself. Yeah. And then I think one thing that this whole situation has, has really taught me is, is we've lost a lot of humanity in the way that we work at. Yeah. Well, I, I've, I didn't realize what we weren't doing until this actually, this, this really, and I thought we were quite humane, but we weren't, we were quite robotic, you know, really robotic in what we do and how we do it. And, you know, there's, you've got just that amount of time to do certain things. You know, sometimes why do we need an agenda? Let's just have a discussion about the things that, that actually matter a little bit more than what 
It is about getting this thing over the line. Right? And the humanity for me is, is, is really hit home on the basis that I think having a digital workspaces will bring humanity back into the way people have freed up time. Yeah, I mean, I think you, well, I agree with you to a large extent. I think the, the integrated working has benefits where you can go and do something with the family, still be able to do a phone call or, or, or do the knowledge work you have to get done. But because you had the time with the family first, which you would have had to put off because you had to drive to an office or, or whatever, and get an office to, to be in the office, yeah. um, it mentally probably wasn't doing you any good. Yeah. Um, but now you get that positive vibe from, you know, go, like we go to the beach on a good day on a Friday morning for an hour okay. and a half, and then we drive home and then, then the day starts. But yeah. you've been out in the ocean and we've seen all that stuff and you come back. But Friday's a great day. It's just a, a chilled, I mean, you still got a lot of work done, but yes, it's yeah. a good place. So, yeah. yeah. You know, one thing I've, I've found and I've noticed from many of our employees is this like whole employee experience. Okay. Like, what COVID and we're, well, not even COVID, just remote working, you know, has, we, we, we rolled out um, a, um, a Citrix solution uh, to our organization at the beginning of COVID. And we said, geez, 80, what was 80 users really operationally needed this from finance to procurement, to logistics, to sales, you know, really needed, the um, infrastructure to be able to operate remotely yeah. because you know all our buildings were sh- uh, um, shut down, um, but we still needed to move kit around and we still needed to get things done. I tell you, two weeks, three weeks into to our lockdown, we we had to go and increase the capacity to 150 odd users. Yeah. On the basis that, you know, what we thought was a solution that stood up to business continuity, so a VPN for, geez, okay, so core users will use our, our uh, Citrix environment. Um, non-core essential users can use VPN. And just these technologies, the VPN technologies didn't stand up, you know, didn't stand up to the user experience because the frustrations that were being built into employees. They just couldn't get things done because the VPN would drop. Um, connectivity, um, although fiber is in really every home to a degree, not all our employees have fiber in their home. Yeah. So utilizing uh, LTE and, and that uh, is dropping. Then we've got the, the great South African uh, energy crisis and yeah. You know, you've got different areas that are just switched off because they need to do maintenance on, on lines and, and uh, there's outages. So we, we had like a few pandemics actually. Guys. <laughs> and we, 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 the, the, the one thing that we realized and with feedback from our employees was it was so different for them when they had the reliability of a workspace where they could just get things done. Yes, one would say, if I have no internet connectivity, well, you're not going to do anything given that as a a challenge. But that's the one challenge, not the many challenges that they're dealing with. Now, just the frustration that was building up in our teams to say, I can't process the transaction quick enough, you know? So just kind of moving the goalposts gave us the opportunity 
to really drive um, as productive employees remotely as they were inside. And the difference we've seen is that, yes, we're getting more out of employees, but they're not spending as long doing things that they would traditionally do. Mm. Yeah. And having to search like, geez, well, where's these files here? Which file share is it on? I can't connect to the file share. I know, just map it into your digital workspace and we're going to give you, you you don't map your OneDrive there and there you go. So, yeah, we also found that our users' digital dexterity has changed as well. Yeah. Yeah. You understand how to use these tools. Because you can give them everything, but they don't know how to use them. Well, they're not really that beneficial. That's what I was going to ask you. Did you? Because I mean, some of this technology has been around, you know, twenty years, let's say, uh, in different maturity levels and stuff. But the biggest problem has been the user adoption of them. Um, and you mentioned a you know, sort of capacity doubling. Um, a lot of those BCP plans are always based on a fifty percent um, capacity. You know, so it's a thumb suck. Let's just make it fifty percent because we'll never use it. Yes. Um, and now you're sitting in a situation where you've not only had to use it, but you've had to, you've, you've had to roll it out to more people than you thought you had to roll it out to. And, yeah. uh, and I think a lot of investment that's been, you know, always cut off because, oh, we'll never use it, we'll never use it, we'll never use it, has, has forced a few companies to maybe fold because um, they couldn't keep up. Uh, when it came to, well, I want to ask you about your end user experience or your, your employee experience. How are you capturing their feedback? Was, was it surveys and, and that, or was it support calls? So, so it was it was a combination of a few things. One is uh, we we actually say we actually opened a a, a Teams channel yeah. uh, that was you don't need a lot of calls via the help desk because the real time the necessity to just know that someone was there we just opened a Teams uh, channel and we've actually kept it open. Funny enough, even though the call levels have gone down, and we yeah. found that the frustration in the users was far less because it wasn't another step to log a call, yeah. wait for a response, and that it was like, hey, instantaneous you know, communication, I've got an issue, um, it passed on to an engineer monitoring this channel and, and they could get resolved because of that real timeness. Yeah? Um, we still have some users who do the right thing and they go and log a call and the turnaround on that calls. Um, and what we found is initially the spike in the calls was, you know, I, I can't get system access. Um, and I, I find my machine is running too slow, you know. And we found that a lot of the telemetry that was being given to us was, was their interpretation of what the issue was. Yeah. So you can, the user says that that's what it is. Well, then you're going to kind of log the call and you're going to get to that. As we started to move them into this digital space, we, we kind of could bucket the, she said, well, hey, we're not getting my machine slow. It's like, hold on, this application is slow. Yeah. That kind of uh, helped our teams to kind of beeline to exactly where the the, the challenge was. Um, so I think we're in the infancy of, of uh, utilizing, uh, I think, the, the benefits of this whole digital experience monitoring uh, tool set in, in a more effective and fluid way that that gives us a lot more insights predictably that then allow us to automate a few things that drives a better experience for the user. And I think that's, that's definitely our next uh, evolution of, of, of the workspace for our users is 
we're we're not seeing a a a, a good trend in terms of utilization and supportability and 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 just uh, our overall performance. What we're looking to do now is to say, well, what else is the system is telling us, mm. and how can we make things more predictive for us, yep. but also have that better experience for the user. Did, did you have something in place to do the monitoring of the system they were using? I mean, uh, yeah. So we used uh, SysTrack internally to give us the, that insight. Um, okay. And again, I think tools are all good. It depends on how people use them. And we've had one or two users who kind of gravitated towards the tooling from a help desk point of view and really drew that insight out of the tool yeah. set itself. Um, and others kind of. They've just got four or five calls and they just don't know where to go and, and they've got everyone screaming. So they're kind of, you know, maybe going down a rabbit hole a little bit, but they, they're trying their best to, to get this call resolved. And we found that those individuals that were using the insights from um, a lakeside point of view were far more effective in getting through more calls, were far more effective in delivering a, a call, a closing a call quicker and, and, eventually would be giving some insight back into our, our Citrix team to say, guys, you know, this users pro these users are experiencing issues around uh, profile, their profiles loading. Yeah. You, know, you need to have a look at it. Did, did, did the, when a user would complain about an issue and give you their sort of version of what was going on, did the data coming out of something like Citrix match up or was it, did it, did it was it complimentary? That's probably why. I think when the user got the situation, when the user made the right call of what the issue was, it correlated because they would kind of look at exactly where that, that issue is, it's slow disk or whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, when a user didn't get it right, it kind of had to be a bit more of a troubleshooting and kind of a delay, like, hold on, I, I, I need to look at your system and interrogate some of the information, and then I need to create correlation to, oh, okay, I can see where the issue is. It's not actually that. It's, it's something else that we need to look at. Okay. And what are, what are you seeing now with, you said if this is your next evolution, the sort of digital experience monitoring. Well, what is your next thing? Is it, is it internal focus first or are you going to start going out to customers with, with an offering? No, so, so I, I think we're, we're, we're now packaging the same in an as-a-service uh, offering to take to, to market. We've launched uh, a new uh, marketplace, a digital marketplace, where we're going to launch our as-a-service offerings uh, through and our, um, our um, core workspace, we're calling it core workspace, is going to be launched uh, through our, our marketplace. And, you know, if it's good for us, uh, I'm sure out there it's, it's good for many of our, our, of our, of our customers and, and potential customers that we uh, will look to attract. Okay. And are you looking outside of, of Africa? I mean, to global customers as well, or, you, or is this really a South African, African solution? I think we're localized a little bit more um, on the basis that, you know, we, we, we do as, as, as an organization have a footprint in um, Switzerland. We have a footprint in uh, the UK, um, but they're not the, to the full extent as our, our local organization are. And uh, the routes to market and channels to market are um, more suited to certain types of products and development and uh, enterprise applications rather than 
necessarily uh, digital workspaces. But the beauty about what we're creating now with our as a service core workspace offering is the ability to drop a pod down into some other locations and to centrally uh, manage and support it um, in a way that uh, drives the cost of the solution down. It can also segue into to other other markets. Um, we we most certainly haven't uh, captivated or captured our market here. So I think we will spend a little more time uh, refining uh, our solution and getting it adopted locally yeah. um, before we take it into other markets. So is that something you're going to release soon? We can always get a link in the show notes uh, when it's when it's launched. Yeah. Yeah, so we're we've just finished our we start a new financial year. So the part of our investment strategy is is around our as a service uh, model. Um, so within the next uh, quarter, we will have uh, that um, up, and we'll definitely be sharing that uh, with you guys. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. Um, I think we're probably tied up there. Unless there's anything else you wanted to comment on. No, I think uh, all good uh, from my side. Hey, great. Where can, <laughs> where can people find you online? Oh, um, I'm on most uh, uh, yeah, so traditional LinkedIn. Yeah, uh, uh, Alex Russell, and um, on uh, Twitter, my handle is at Smart Access. That's S M A R T A X E S S. And uh, that's pretty much my uh, digital uh, medium. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Thanks for being on the podcast. Well, thank you, Ryan, and uh, appreciate your time. And good luck at the, the work you guys are doing, man. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.